and they uh, found that all molecular weights showed significant improvement after one month. All sizes. Oh. Small or big. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so size is not everything here. Got it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back. This is the Chemist Confessions podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Gloria. And this is a human conversation on all the skincare science we talk on the daily. And today's episode is about hyaluronic acid. Hey, yo. <laughs> we are taking a break from our retinoids um, series and jumping into some moisturizing and barrier care ingredients, starting with the ever so popular hyaluronic acid. And I guess there's been a lot of a lot of myth and rumors about this guy. Ranging from this never is, ends. This, it never ends. Yeah. No. Eva Longoria has made that and made it a historical molecule. acid. <laughs> but I find it really interesting because a rumor mill goes like in two very drastically different mm. directions. One's that's like, if you're not using hyaluronic acid, are you even skincare? <laughs> and the other direction, which is like, why are you using why hyaluronic acid? Why would you use it? Yeah, it's it, so bad for you. It's dehydrating and inflammatory. <laughs> yeah, very polarizing parties. There's no one that's like really in between. Exactly. Which I feel like is where you and I stand is in the middle. With well, nobody else. they might as well call us a lukewarm chemist. Yeah, the lukewarm chemist. <laughs> <laughs> so today, we will be talking about a fair view on some of the controversies with um, hyaluronic acid, namely well does it actually dehydrate the skin and that has a little subset little mini question baked into it which is is it a must yes is it a must in your routine totally um so let's get right into it and of course we have to start with what exactly is hyaluronic acid hyaluronic acid is a polysaccharide it has repeating units of glucuronic acid and acetylcosamine um yeah so typically this is a really just long chain polymer in skincare that normally functions as a humectant. Um, and you probably hear about how it here it can hold up to a thousand times whatever its weight. That's like, you know, it hasn't been measured out and really can depend on the uh, hyaluronic acid um, ingredient itself, but it does have a very unique capacity to hold on to a lot of water. Yes. Um, in the skin, it's actually, it's a naturally occurring compound that's found throughout the body and in your skin. And it exists in all sorts of sizes and whatnot. Big sizes, um, like the ones you might find in your skincare, can go up to 2 million Daltons. And small ones, like 50,000, 10,000 even in your skin, they can act in more ways than just hydration. Mm-hmm. And I think the confusion with hyaluronic acid and why it seems like this like wonder ingredient is because of the fact that it's naturally found in skin. It actually yep. plays a really important part um, in terms of maintaining our skin tissues like homeostasis, um, healthy cell structure. It actually serves as a signaling molecule for healthy skin function. So it is quite a, it's a fundamental molecule in our skin. And because of that, people feel like, well, then I got to put that on my face right um it's not quite how that works it's a little different and in your skin when we say ha is a naturally occurring compound we're talking about it's definitely more abundant in that deeper layer of skin mm-hmm. um where topically it's a hydrator it doesn't really go there um and in the deep layers of skin interesting enough ha is being produced and broken down every day just mm-hmm. by your skin in fact like a full-blown hy- hyaluronic acid molecule actually only has a half-life of about a day because it's just constantly going through that cycle. In our next section, we're going to debunk some of the, I guess, um, skin benefits that it's tied to. A lot of times you'll hear hyaluronic acid has been tied to not just hydration, 
anti-aging. It even has been touted as an anti-inflammatory and even an antioxidant. So we're going to um, share some data behind that. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Is your skin feeling parched? Or maybe it's just feeling kind of angry. Maybe both. Well, look no further. Aquafix has got your back. I mean face. We strategically put together the best profile of humectants of different sizes and loaded it with some powerful soothers to make this the perfect Swiss Army knife of a skincare product. Dry skin individuals, like myself, use this as a layering piece for a boost of hydration. For the oiliest of skin types, this could function as a one and done, especially under that greasy sunscreen. Mm -hmm. And for all you AHA and retinoid lovers, consider this as your trusty sidekick to make sure your exfoliating and retinoid journey stay a happy one. And don't forget to use our promo code CC Podcast 2024 for 15% off your order. <laughs> Let's dive right into the meat, the question of the day. And this is kind of a loaded one with a lot of subtext and sub-questions underneath it. And so we're going to address the question, is hyaluronic acid a must in your skincare routine? And also for the naysayers, is it actually hurting your skin? <laughs> yeah, and we're actually going to spend... The majority of this section on one paper because this one paper does a really great job. Answer so many questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, what this paper did was um, they tested on 76 subjects um, between the age range of 30 to 60, um, looking at more mature skin. And they broke this group up into five groups. And the reason why they broke them into five groups is because each group will get a different size hyaluronic acid. Oh, molecular weight drama, yes. yes. So I think, and Gloria and I have discussed, is one of the biggest questions around hyaluronic acid is the size. Because mm -hmm. you hear that lower molecular weight, that must mean anti-aging. Whereas larger molecular weight is only hydration. So they wanted to answer this. They looked at five sizes. So you have 50 kilodaltons, 130, 300, 800, and 2000, okay? so. That should it cover a full range. We should mention that this is the range of molecular weight you typically find in your products. The 2,000 kilo or the 2 million size is pretty much a standard hydrating size. And starting the 300 is when you will hear brands tout like all small molecular weight HA. And 50 is, um, and sometimes even as low as 25, some brands will claim that this size is anti-aging, mm -hmm. it won't plump, it's a signaling. And this is also, smaller sizes is also where some of the drama comes in and they're like, it's actually pro-inflammatory. <laughs> yes, great context. So um, just a little more uh, info on the testing settings. Um, subjects would apply this product twice daily, split face. So they had a placebo lotion on one side and they would apply their designated hyaluronic acid on the other side. And they would be looking for things like skin hydration, skin elasticity, and plumping, wrinkle depth. So hopefully that covers the general basis of hyaluronic acid claims. I love the study because it lasts for two months because I think a lot of hydration studies and you guys will see in the next couple of episodes with ceramides and glycerin and other hydrators that we're like, ooh, and then after 72 hours, skin like, looks great. <laughs> so a lot of, yeah, and in a way, like instant hydration is a valid concern and claim, but sometimes like not like in terms of long-term impact, we don't understand as well because it's all short studies. So I love that this is two months. Especially for anti-aging benefit. Yep. Um, so we're gonna first look at skin hydration. And we do wanna mention that these measurements were taken in a bioclimactic room um, to keep measurements consistent. And I just wanna take a moment and explain to you that <laughs> how annoying this is um, because um, obviously the climate that we live in plays an impact on hydration results. Mm -hmm. And so what subjects have to do is they have to sit in a regulated um, 
almost like regulated humidity room um, to let skin acclimate before they take these measurements. And this is actually why hydration studies can be very, I want to say annoying and surprisingly expensive. It's very lengthy too. Like you basically have to keep these subjects in jail for like the whole <laughs> day. Well, because if you think about it, they acclimate for anywhere, depending on the center, anywhere from like 20, 30 minutes to like an hour. Mm-hmm. And I've done a few hydrations. So yeah. It's very boring. <laughs> you just sit there and they're like, you want a cookie? I'm like, okay and you just sit there and there's some magazines and you sit there and then and they take your obviously your baseline you apply the product back to the chamber you go and then they measure your skin depending on study an hour two hours three hours whatever later wow it's a long day yeah so um with skin hydration they found um significant improvement for all molecular weights except the 50 kilo delta one at the two month mark so interesting everything but the tiniest one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i also wanted to share, <laughs> i had to share this in the paper um they actually have a line here that says these factors likely contribute to increased cirrhosis which is dry skin uh and withered appearance of aged skin i was like wow that's the first time words have cut so deeply people are so mean <laughs> withered <laughs> um so uh on a scale one to ten how withered do you think your skin looks today ouch yeah but anyways okay we're gonna ignore that but um okay so that's for skin hydration and then they looked at skin elasticity so you're gonna think of bounce plumpiness um and they uh, found that all molecular weights showed significant improvement after one month all sizes oh small or big oh that's nice (laughs) so size is not everything here got it got it All right. Then they also looked at skin roughness. Uh-huh. Um, they actually found that only the 130 kilo Dalton uh, hyaluronic acid showed significant improvement after two months. It feels very random. <laughs> <laughs> yes, only. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. So this is the type of study that you hope the outliers are either the smallest or the biggest. Yes. Once right in the middle, you're like, oh, um, no. <laughs> oh, God. Now in the discussion section, how am I going to explain yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. And finally, with wrinkle depth, um, they found that only 50 kilo Dalton had significant improvement in wrinkle depth. You know, hallelujah. There you go. The smallest one increased wrinkle depth, but did jack crap for your hydration. Cool. Yeah, exactly. So we'll show the table here. Um, this um, gives you the general idea of um, where they found significant improvement for what molecular weight, for what study. We will also define some of these values, whereas like RZ is your wrinkle depth, you know, your R2 is your skin elasticity. Um, But after them doing all this, there's definitely a few takeaways. Mm -hmm. And probably the first one we should talk about is hydration. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we can say, great, hyaluronic acid helps hydrate skin. It does not dehydrate skin. Mm -hmm. Uh, All molecular molecular weights, I think that's important. Except the 50 kilodalton. But we should share that uh, we'll go through some numbers. For the 2000 kilodalton, the 2 million biggest hyaluronic acid size, it increased hydration by 2.9%. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> the largest one mm-hmm. was 300 kilodaltons mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at 13.8%. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, everything else, uh, let's see, 800 kilodaltons was 5.1%, 130 was 9.8%. And if you can tell, these numbers don't make any sense. <laughs> no. Oh, so we should mention that as we leave the retinoid territory, right, study sizes are going to get a lot smaller. True. Yes. And these groups are very small. Very yeah. Rare. So it's 76 people, which is a decent size, but divided by five. So to draw statistical conclusions from that is just was never going to happen. I'm actually impressed that the improvements they can measure is significant, which does mean the hyaluronic acid absolutely does something for your skin and does something in the realm of hydration as we expected. Yeah. Um, but keep your expectations in check. Like these values are pretty <laughs> after two months. <laughs> 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 so we told you guys for questions and we'll go through some Q and A's later, but one of the questions we got um, is something along the lines like, how do we know it's working? <laughs> 2.9% is in the realm of like, you don't know. Uh, you might just wake up and be like, skin feels better. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I feel good about myself today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So through all of these results, I think everyone can get the sense that um, there's no clear correlation mm -hmm. with molecular weight and size, right? It's really hard to say that like the largest side is only for hydration, the smallest side is only for anti-aging even, right? Um, so I think that's one thing that um, I feel like maybe we all shouldn't get too fixated on the size of the things in general. <laughs> Stop fixating on size. size. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I think the other aspect of this is that with these different sizes and looking at the study, it just really feels like, okay, HA seems very interesting, very promising. But it also feels a little short of the miracle that some of these um, products will lead you to believe. Yes, totally. And I think the other final thought here is that hyaluronic acid is not the end-all be-all humectant that you must have. Um, we'll go into this more and in how to use hyaluronic acid in your routine, but there are a lot of good humectants out there. There's a reason why I love to. <laughs> <laughs> and Gloria, there's a reason why Gloria and I enjoy blending humectants yeah. rather than relying on a single one. And this should definitely serve as a good example of why, right? Like, yes, it's beneficial, but it's not the only thing you should have. I think I have one more gripe about, you know, leaving the retinoid realm is I know in our retinoid episodes, we talked about comparative studies that look at mm. retinol versus retinol or tretinoin versus adapalene. These papers exist. When we're talking about hydration, there isn't side-by-side -side comparisons of these humectants. Yeah. Um, so uh, another popular question that we get is like, so is HA better or glycerin better? Mm. Mm, you can't really say they're better, but there's room for both in your routine totally. and in your product. So anyway, that's kind of the takeaway. Uh, no, it is not the molecule that you have to have in your routine, but no, it's also not harmful and actually dehydrating your skin. Yeah. And I was totally thinking, I was like, hi, how many hyaluronic acid manufacturers would be willing to compare their hyaluronic acid to glycerin or any of the other humectants? We'd be like, Blasphemy! <laughs> There's no way. Try getting that test like approved by anyone for budget. Yeah. Oh yeah, and because it's shockingly expensive, no one wants to pay that kind of money to prove that your product is okay, <laughs> just okay. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Um, yeah, replacing some of our brand shoutouts with an animal fun fact today. Here's your animal fun fact of the day: Elephants in Africa are effing up acacia trees because of an invasive ant species. In Eastern Africa, a species of acacia is super important to the native landscape. It is 70 or in some cases, even 90% of the native wood population. But recently, they're in trouble. 
To ward off hungry herbivores, uh, namely elephants, they develop a symbiotic relationship with a local acrobat ant. These ants will crawl up into the trunks of elephants that are brave enough to try to eat the tree. And if you can imagine, hundreds of ants up your trunk unleashing their venom <laughs> onto the poor elephant. It is not pleasant. <laughs> but since the early 2000s, these native ants are under attack from an invasive, invasive species mm. called the big-headed ant. The results? A rippling effect through the food chain affecting everywhere. Elephants would devour and destroy the antless trees, and this caused a huge change in landscape. That means less shade for lions to hide under when they're stalking. You thought this story was about elephants. <laughs> the title's actually about the poor lions. The zebra hunt success rate drops dramatically. And the victim at the end of all this? Buffaloes. <laughs> yeah, lions will, unfortunately, since they can't hunt zebra anymore, have decided to try their hand at buffalo. This effect is so dramatic that between the years 2003 and 2023, lion hunting targets went from 0% buffaloes to 43% buffaloes. Um, and a lot of the ecologists are looking at this going, you know, yeah, this is not great. And uh, we don't know what the long-term effects are for both lions and buffaloes and trees and elephants. So, ah! Yeah. So fun fact of the day is you thought lions were at the top of the food chain. Um, it's ants, apparently. Yeah. They dictate everything. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Hope yeah. that was fun. <laughs> was that fun? <laughs> uh, if anything, an example of how the littlest creature can have the biggest impact. So the theme of the episode is size doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Way, to all, Way to bring it all together. All right. <laughs> all right. We're back. <laughs> all right. Uh, in this last section, we'll talk about how to use hyaluronic acid in your routine. <clears throat> This is going to insert our chemist rant in that we hate hyaluronic acid, like single ingredient serums. Yeah. We feel like it's a waste of space. Yeah. Hyaluronic acid plays, especially in the common sodium hyaluronic acid form, is easygoing relatively. In fact, sometimes it can help with your overall formula aesthetics and stability. Before you go out and you're like, I have to buy a hyaluronic acid serum, double check the ingredient list of products you already have. It might already be in your arsenal. And... And I think that's great, you know, like uh, in hydrating serums, it can be a wonderful inclusion or even your creams and your um, moisturizers. It might already be there. There's no reason to buy a product that only touts hyaluronic acid. Mm -hmm. And it's just, there's really, there's so many other good products that you can insert instead. Mm -hmm. um, we will also say that like Gloria mentioned, it can be layered with anything. It can also go into all sorts of formulas. You can find it in treatments to moisturizers. Um, so decoding the IL um, in your routine will be very helpful. Um, we should also mention that it's true. There are some people that do experience irritation with some of these lower molecular weight HAs. And what we've noticed usually those are the lower molecular weight HA serums. Like yeah creams we haven't really seen that so much yeah so for this there isn't a good way for you to decode it because mm -hmm. you might see it in either a hydrolyzed form mm -hmm. or maybe not because sometimes even lower molecular with ha's they don't they can still call it the same name mm -hmm. so it just kind of depends but usually if brands go for a lower molecular weight ha they will advertise it so um that's one way to keep an eye out for it um, I guess because of how diverse the products are, we should also go over the hyaluronic acid product landscape. Yeah. And I put together a little game for Victoria. Oh, joy. <laughs> <laughs> so because it's so popular, a lot of brands are touting hyaluronic acid serums as the hero. And this is where I think percentages get a little silly. You'll hear things like Kiehl's 1.5% hyaluronic acid, Ornery 2%, Inky 2%. 
Um, these are really kind of absurd percentages that yeah. I, I'm a little skeptical of how true they are to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because hyaluronic acid, especially the standard, more larger molecular uh, weight size, is very, very gunky at that level. Yeah. Um, so to highlight this, the paper that we talked about in the meat section used 0.1% hyaluronic acid. We ourselves use uh, the large molecular weight sodium hyaluronic in Aquafix at 0.2%. It's perfectly hydrating at that level. At one to two percent, unless they're using a much smaller molecular weight, it's gonna be disgusting. And there are ways to like kind of finagle that number where one point five percent or two percent might be a little inflated. <laughs> I was gonna say I think hyaluronic acid percentages are one of the most like grotesquely abused mm-hmm. arenas. Um since we started, I feel like you would hear about getting like 100% hyaluronic acid gels yeah. um, that you can buy in pump bottles from Amazon. Um, how that works and how a lot it's also um, the same thought process as, you know, retinol percentages being overboard is they're actually the percentage of the blend. Mm-hmm. So in hyaluronic acid's case, it's the swelled hyaluronic acid. So that, yeah, you can get 100% of a hyaluronic acid, of swelled hyaluronic mm-hmm. acid gel but you're probably only getting maybe like 1% of that in the bottle, but in like you're only getting like peanuts basically. Yeah, and th- that's all that's needed. So that's just to say that, you know, these high, these grossly inflated numbers don't really mean anything. So the game I'm playing with Victoria is these three products I just mentioned are <laughs> three of the top HA forward formulas you'll find if you just do a quick Google. So without telling her which ingredient list is what product, I want to ask her, which one would you choose? I'm listening. <clears throat> Number one, mm. this in- this product, without going to percentages, uh, the ingredient list reads something like water, sodium hyaluronate at the second location, pentylene glycol, propane dial, uh, sodium hyaluronate cross polymer, okay. panthenol, uh, some extract, glycerin, EDTA, citric acid, yada, yada, yada. Candidate number one. Okay. Candidate number two. Very, very, very short ingredient list. Water, glycerin, sodium hyaluronate, phenoxyethanol. You can ignore the rest because they're all preservatives. Wow. Pass on that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Candidate number three. Water, propane diol, sodium hyaluronate, glycerin, butylene glycol, phenoxy, yada, 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 and some peptides at the end. Uh, I should mention it's a palmitoyl tetrapeptide 7, palmitoyl tripeptide 1. Oh. <laughs> Victoria looks a little unimpressed with all three. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was like, at first, I was like, oh, the first one, I was like, okay, panthenol, nice. Mm-hmm. But now the one I nixed, I'm like, oh, but at least I get glycerin. Yes, <laughs> I do like that. But then uh-huh. the third one, blend of humectants, like mm-hmm. you get propane. I'd probably propane. go with the third one, mm-hmm. but not because of peptides. <laughs> yes. So actually, I don't that, know what that is. That is fantastic that Victoria picked that up because, so number one, um, the one with sodium hyaluronate in the second spot is the um, the ordinary 2%. Mm. Um, it has a cross polymer, propane diol, pentylene glycol. That, like, it is a blend of humectants. To me, I'm like, I am skeptical of how how much humectant is in there just because sodium hyaluronic is at the second spot mm. and it doesn't look that gunky. So it's either using a smaller one or there's actually not a lot of anything in there. The second one, like we turned mentioned, wow, it's vanilla. <laughs> it does have glycerin, which is cool. Um, it is, but what does it do? Yes, and that one's the Kiehl's. So for me, if is the, that the most expensive one? Oh, yes. yeah, that's the way more expensive yes. one. So for me, without going to the details, just looking at it, I'd buy it if it's at the ordinary price point. Yeah, I'm like, guys. Yeah, it's a very simple formula. <laughs> this is not, wow. Number three is the inky list. Um, so for me, that one's kind of interesting because that one touts 2% sodium hyaluronate or hyaluronic acid. 
And also tells her it has metrixel 3000. And that's the two peptides at the end. And I'm sitting here like, you know, I don't care how much sodium hyaluronic you got in there, but you should tell me how much metrixel is in here. Because that doesn't mean anything that metrixel exists in here at a mysterious percentage. But metrixel. Just here. So, Cat sneeze worth, most likely. <laughs> exactly. So for me, I'm like, well, you know, as a transparent brand, why do you choose not to disclose metrixel? Anyway, that's like the three products out there that if you Google hyaluronic acid serum, these Wait, three will pop up. They didn't want you to read that far. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they were like, like Hyaluronic acid. Here, here, here. <laughs> you see trickle oh, over here too. Ooh, hyaluronic acid. So much hyaluronic acid. <laughs> yeah. So this is to highlight that. Yeah, I think hyaluronic acid forward formulas they can be helpful, but at the end of the day, all three of these, whichever one you've used, whichever one you try, they are just hydrators. They can be great hydrators, but just don't like. It's not. Yeah. First of all, mm. I should also mention this game. I felt like I was forced at gunpoint to do the product. <laughs> I did not. Yeah, I, I, it's not like I had an option to say none of the above. Mm-hmm. But I would say there are a lot of other great hydrating serums out there mm-hmm. that are better than these three. Yeah, I think these are pretty simple formulas. And maybe the takeaway here is, well, if you want to try something that's a very simple hydrator, does nothing else, go with the one with the coupon. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So I think that's a great um, walkthrough of these single ingredient hyaluronic acid serums. Um, As we go through some more of these moisturizing ingredients in these upcoming weeks, um, we'll focus on other humectants. But really, we we do recommend if you are looking for that oil-free humectant forward um, serum, there's definitely a lot more and you want a blend of all these good guys. You're just missing out if you only focus on one. Yeah, exactly. And I think for me, like, um, the, as we go through the next few episodes, we'll definitely highlight the ones that have more clinical data, the good humectants, the interesting humectants. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like Victoria said, you're definitely looking for at least two or three in your routine. Something else I should mention anecdotally that we hear from our fans or see online is that because HA is in everything, some people have mentioned that they suspect that there's too much HA in their routine. So again, do a quick inky, totally. like, go through your ingredient list. If it's in your toner, three serums, like moisturizer, cream, maybe it is a little bit too much HA. <laughs> totally possible. Um, if you want to actively add HA into your routine, you're looking at it in the moisture in moisturizers, it's great, but definitely make sure in your moisturizer you're also getting a good balance of your emollients and occlusives. Remember, uh, in a good moisturizer, it takes all three yeah. to really um, cover all of your moisturizing needs. And then finally, if you are looking at hyaluronic acid for anti-aging, please look for a clinical. Some of these anti-aging hyaluronic acid serums get so expensive for no reason. Yeah. 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 I think the one that we mentioned way back in the day is SkinCeuticals has a product called HA Intensifier. Mm. That one had a couple of pretty intensive clinicals, including biopsies that looked at HA content in the skin. We feel like unless they've done something like that, they don't get to be called (laughs) (laughs) anti-aging. We're not mad. We're not annoyed. Not at all. All right, let's wrap it up with some of your questions answered by us, the chemist. Uh, A couple of you have asked this question and we kind of touched on it. Um, so at Snatch Grip, sorry, I have to read your <laughs> handle. And at Roxy Q, I both asked um, in different phrasings, is it actually pro-inflammatory? Um, no, HA isn't pro-inflammatory, at least in a topical sense. The reason why this kind of impression comes about is HA in your skin naturally occurring is involved in your inflammation pathway. And 
you know, when your skin is exposed to UV light, sometimes it breaks down HA and that can trigger certain types of inflammatory pathways. Topically, there isn't any data to show that's inflammatory. And even the few in vitro ex vivo data that we've seen doesn't really do that topically. All right. At Sushi L.A. Podell asks, I have been using diluted glycerin for 18 years. Works magic. Do I need hyaluronic acid? Another person also asks at Lucina Kwok for dehydrated skin. Is this ingredient always essential in our skin routine? Uh, yeah, no. As we have been saying, it's you definitely do not need to force hyaluronic acid into your skincare routine. Yep. If it's um, our biggest, one of our biggest philosophies, always listen to your skin. So even our podcast, we go into a lot of scientific evidence because that's what we're about. But at the end of the day, if you have a different personal experience, then yeah, by all means, your skin should trump everything else. Yep. And finally, El Martha N, she asks, do you need a lot of dollar bills? Very, very expensive hyaluronic acid to get the results. For example, is there a difference between Barbara Sturms? Is it Dr. Yeah, Dr. Barbara Sturms and Maylove? I love this question. Yeah. yeah, no, you don't need to spend that much money on it. <laughs> I think you already know the answer to that. Yeah, I uh, we did a post a really long time ago that basically compared whether or not I would buy Barbara Storm's HA serum versus an automatic litter box in terms of how much of my life it would change. Definitely the litter box. That would down. be one of those robot litter boxes. Yeah, yeah. So for us, like, um, we think there's a time and place for very expensive products, whether it's for your personal enjoyment for um, the significantly better clinical results they've done. Um, this is not the case here. <laughs> it's just HA, guys. So, yeah, no. And like we said before, um, hyaluronic acid and anti-aging claims, look for testing. It's yep. really important because um, different sources of these lower molecular weight hyaluronic acids um, can be very different and their performance can be very different. So just keep that in mind as you are shopping for your next humectant love. And that concludes this episode on HA. I hope it was helpful and demystifies some of these myths that you may have heard about uh, about hyaluronic acid. So where can they find us, Victoria? You can write to us at info at chemistconfessions.com. You can also DM us your questions at chemist.confessions. Also check out our polls where you can um, add your questions for the next episode. And also you can simply just add your uh, question to the comments below in this video. But otherwise, hope this was helpful and we will see you guys next time. Bye guys.